Hey, Diggs, welcome to Dennis in the Know, your backstage pass to current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. We are dentistry source for honest, relevant information. And with that in mind, this is JB's News on the Go with Dennis in the Know. So introducing to you with all the relevant information, Dr. Jennifer Bell. This one I'm actually really excited about, and I tend to be a little bit middle of the road when it comes to legislative issues. Uh, And I'm sure that there's some uh, secret sauce in this bill as well, as there always is when we're talking about the government. But this is actually something that I've been working on pretty intensely in our practice for the last couple of years, very focused in the last six months. The topic is the idea or understanding of non-covered dental services. So if you're a dentist and network and you do veneers, for example, and the insurance doesn't cover veneers, a lot of times the patient will get an EOB that states that you are required to take the write-off even though it's a non-covered service. Well, 45 different states now have enacted laws that state that if a service is not a covered benefit, then the dentist is free to charge their usual and customary fee. That's a big win. Still five states out there operating without any legislation. There's a few caveats to that particular piece of legislation or or those uh, nuances within the state laws and the way that the insurance companies are interpreting it. Let's dive in. Number one, insurance companies often will say, well, it's a covered benefit, just not covered in this particular instance. So they skirt around the non-covered benefit rule, which we've interpreted now, and there's pretty good legislative data behind it to say that is a non-payment. So getting away from the the terminology of non-covered and using the term non-payment of services, regardless of whether it would be covered in a thousand of your other plans, you didn't pay for the service, therefore we're allowed to charge what our usual and customary fee would be. Okay. Uh, The other nuance is that large corporations that are self-funded and also uh, any government-related programming, so any insurance companies that are being funded or managed through the government, do not have to abide by this rule. They follow under a federal umbrella, which protects them from these individual state legislations. Well, this week, a bill was introduced by both Manchin and Kramer from North Dakota to start to dive in and see if we can address the non-covered benefit services piece of, of dental and optometry uh, insurance companies. So there's a huge push um, to move this legislation forward so that we now have a federal rule that protects all 50 states, but also actually impacts all of those insured, where right now you're having to figure out as an in-network provider well, is this one that falls under a federal plan or a self-funded plan versus a traditional uh, PPO local regional plan? Good luck. Uh, we, we hired experts. I've talked to Greg Grabmeyer, who was on our show, who's an excellent uh, knowledge person on uh, excellent knowledge person. Well, wow, that's super intelligent, incredibly knowledgeable about ADA coding and coding rules and ethics. And even he would admit this is a very nuanced p- 
piece of the legislation. So happy to see it moving forward. I will disclose the fact that it is large. Uh, it is part of a large bill called Doc Access Act, which that then makes me slightly skeptical because I'm sure there's a bunch of other junk in this particular um, bill. And we probably need to dive into that a little bit more and I'll definitely do my homework. But at least at the outset, on the outside of looking at this new legislation, I'm excited about the fact that maybe finally we can have a cohesive answer about how to how to manage and handle these to both the benefit of the patient and the practitioner. So stay tuned for that. Another interesting piece of news that came out this week um, and is particularly interesting because the guest that we have on tonight uh, is is serving in the military currently as a dentist. Um, there were 65 dentists and doctors as a group that are serving currently in the Navy. Uh, they were under some assumption about when their retirement would kick in. There is the rule after 20 years of service, you're eligible for, for full retirement benefit. A record-keeping error in what their start service date was has now impacted 65 different doctors and dentists, um, respectively, um, which is now going to add an additional three years of service um, for them to be eligible for full benefit. Obviously, that's a big kink in the system, an error that is very difficult uh, to rectify. And, you know, three more years in the military is a big commitment for individuals who have already served a long serve term. Uh, but anyway, that's currently what's going on there. The last piece of news that we will talk about tonight, we touched on this a little bit um, a few months ago, um, but there's a lot more traction coming forward. And that is the Dentist and Dental Hygienist Compact. Actually, oddly enough, this also originally came out of the Department of Defense um, and in conjunction with the American Dental Hygiene Association, the American Dental Association, um, and the Association of Dental Support Organizations to try to come with a better, come up with a better system to help. Specifically, it was intended for spouses of our military when they get reassigned or relocated to different bases. <clears throat> Those that had professional licensure in the state that they were currently working in had a difficult, challenging, expensive task of getting relicensed in new states. And if they were being moved frequently, this became quite a hardship and burden for the spouses. So that was the original intent of the um, compact. Um, there's a lot of growing momentum for the compact currently. There are several states that have already joined and many more have it up for discussion to be voted on. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how we kind of move towards a licensure portability I think ultimately this will not be isolated to just spouses of military. I think there's a lot of momentum and pressure for this to be a portability across states for all professional licensees. So we'll see how this continues to evolve over time and how states um, decide to participate in that compact. But we'll keep you up to date. But, but it is an active process that's happening in, in many states currently. And with that, that's the news. So, gang, that's it for today's show. We want to thank you for tuning in. But more importantly, we want to thank you for being a part of Dennis in the Know. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. I'm Dr. Chad DePlantis. And I'm Dr. Jennifer Bell. And we're Dentist in the Know. Remember, gang, dentistry is an amazing profession, but it's way more rewarding when you're in the know.